Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey, good morning. Welcome to a Friday edition of the Donna and Steve Experience on My Talk 1071, where talk is fun. Donna Valentine's got the day off today, but don't worry, it's not me alone. Elizabeth Reese from Twin Cities Live fame is in the building all three hours this morning. Wow. Second day in a row. What an honor and a privilege to be with you guys. Love you, Steve. Love you, Halls. I'm so happy to be with you. This is great. This is a great way to start my Friday. It was a little bit of a frenzied morning, so I feel like now I'm feeling like the calm set in. Yeah, it is kind of nice sometimes once you like get out of the house and away from the little things that are, okay, you need this and you take this, make sure that the, all of that and then oh. you get into the car, you're like, okay. Yeah. Jay, gonna, my husband was out now. of the picture this morning. I mean, he's still in the picture. We're still married, but <laughs> for this morning, he was out of the picture. Years, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I had to do everything on my own, you oh, know, boy. and I know a lot of people do this every day. So if you do that every day and you're managing it all and getting out the door, holy hats off to you. But it's not like in my muscle memory. So right. I had to just constant. Plus, then I was coming here, which also isn't in my muscle memory. So I was like, Bleh! and it was raining, which throws my whole juju off what is going on with the weather this morning it's so rainy it was in the middle of the night that i i heard a bang in the house and of course i went into protection Protection, mode you know sure so i put my chain mail on and i was about to walk downstairs and i was like son of a gun is that thunder and now i'm seeing lightning as i drove in this morning it was really coming down coming in from chaska then i'm looking at the sky and there were I don't know. If I saw five, I saw 20 lightning bolt lightning strikes. Not Boom. just flashes, mm-hmm. but strikes of lightning. The Imagine Dragons were busy. No. Thunder. Feel the thunder. Boy, that band. Whenever it rains, we listen to that at our house. I've already listened to it Okay, four so there's times a family connotation, and that makes it cute. They love it. They just love it. You know what we do when it rains, Mama? And then you just put the Imagine Play Dragons Imagine on. Dragons! <laughs> Look, even my weather app right now just showed a big lightning strike because of how intense it is outside. Um, a weird thing is happening with the weather. It's going to be going up to like 85 degrees over the weekend. It's going to be 80, 85 on Sunday, 85 on Monday, 82 on Tuesday. Well, you know, there's big talk about the Twin Cities Marathon, which is on Sunday, and about the safety of the runners because that's too hot. Hmm. To run that long. I might argue that any temperature is the wrong temperature to run for that distance. Putting your health at risk no matter what. Jeez, but they're really, um, it's going to be intense. And, you know, we live on the marathon route, so I can watch the marathon go by. Yeah, you guys will, like, pull out lawn chairs and just... Yeah, we make Bloody Marys and breakfast sandwiches. It's very fun. We have music going and all of that. And then I was thinking, should I... um, Should I have a sprinkler? Like, maybe I should get a sprinkler going... So then if runners wanted to veer off for a second and run through our sprinkler, they could. Yeah. What do you think about that? You could even, two doors down, if you're friendly with those neighbors. Always, that's Gary and Marianne. So maybe if Gary and Marianne are okay with putting a little stake in the ground that says sprinkler ahead. Oh, that would be the opposite direction. But yes. Okay, well, oh, and then the other way. We're friendly with them too. Janine might do it, but. Yeah, and then you could just say like, enjoy the sprinkler. Hot, Hot? 
hop in, something like that. <laughs> or invite them into their house. Maybe someone's over it at that point. What point of the marathon are you on? Like mile 12, Maybe 13? So, um, 18. Oh, yeah. Some people are done. Just say, Are you kidding in. me? That's so hard. It's so difficult to get to to run that far. I cannot imagine. No, I can't. And people at mile 18, they have to go like up a little bit of a hill and then they're just they're just giving up on life. I don't know. But then you also see the crazy costumes that people run in. Like I've seen people running a marathon in a full Chewbacca costume. That's not an exaggeration or a lie. You could really die. I know a guy who ran with a 20 pound weighted vest um, and he was doing this to raise money for a military charity, which was really amazing. But yep. I don't think he was ever the same after that because his nipples were so chafed. Oh, and no. like the the weight of carrying that for so oh, long was just terrible. I'm covering my nipples now in solidarity. My nipples are so sensitive. Reminds me of the 5K for rabies in the office. <laughs> Oh, no. It's the best episode. It is a good episode. I was just watching the episode the other night. That episode is so good, you guys. If you haven't missed it, Michael Scott organizes a 5K to help find a cure for rabies. Fun fact, there is a cure. There's a treatment. And I think it works pretty well. And I don't think that rabies is, I mean, not that every person matters. But it's not the most present danger facing our society today. No, it's not. It's not. And it's very funny. And he carbo loads and then throws up. (laughs) (laughs) And Andy Bernard's nipples chafe. And Andy Bernard's nipples chafe. And you just see blood running down his shirt. It's very funny. We were completely surrounded. So we gave out autographs and finally got away. Funny thing, though. Not one of those people asked us. Yesterday during the show, I let you guys listen to how I am listening to an, a book on tape right now oh, on you Audible. Let us listen. That's how we're free. Wow. <laughs> I received feedback on this part of the show, too. And uh, some people were, this maybe made them feel a little stressed out and yeah. a little tense. Longtime Disneyland employee Ray McHugh told me, won't used to spend a lot of time at Disneyland. My co-foreman I just want to tell you something. A, I was listening to it again this morning at that speed. I am absolutely chugging through this 16-hour read. I am destroying it. But this morning, people say, well, you can't understand anything. I can. And I want to tell you something that I heard about Walt Disney this morning that I had never heard before. Have you ever heard of someone doing this? Hmm. Walt Disney had an affinity for hot dogs, which he called because back in that time, many more people called them wieners. I know. Have you seen that TikTok wiener challenge? No. Where women in bikinis tie a string around their waist, and then on the other end of the string, there's a hot dog, and then they just move their bodies to fling the hot dog and then try to get it into their mouth. Ben Lieber showed me this the other day. Into their own mouth? (laughs) Oh, my God. Ben was like, look what's going on on TikTok. And I said, the human race should be extinct. We need to be taken away now. It's not. It's so bad. Anyway, back to the wieners. Oh, my gosh. Walt Disney created things in uh, in Disney World called weenies. He said for, you know, it's a it's a hub and spoke sort of thing. So there's the center point of Disneyland at Disney World. And then you can go off into different lands like spokes on a wheel. And he said, but you need to have some at the end of the long corridor like a weenie that entices them to come. And why he was referencing that was because he at the end of a long work day liked weenies so much that he would come home, go right to the refrigerator. I didn't even know he could do this. And he would eat several cold weenies right out of the fridge. They're pre-cooked. Can't you die? Oh, they're, they're pre-cooked? Yeah, yeah they're, pre- they're pre-cooked Okay, meat. so let's say yeah. they're pre-cooked and you're not going to get E. coli, okay? No, you're not. Let's talk just about the taste and the texture of a cold hot dog 
in your mouth and now you're chomping into it. The casing is coming apart. Sometimes okay. you accidentally eat too much of the filling. Oh. So now there's casing just overhanging. That's how Walt Disney would relax at the end of a night. That's fascinating. Oh, barf. It is funny to think about what's like your comfort food that you just go to in the fridge when like you're starving and you can you can't think. Like I would just get cheese. A piece yeah. of cheese. If I get home and I'm like ah, which it just doesn't happen that much because we always have snacks on Twin Cities Live. But yesterday yeah. we did. We had this situation. I was starving. I got home. And I'll, I'll just get a piece of cheese. But a cold weenie. Isn't that shocking? Would not be it. Just shocking to hear. Would so. not. No, that wouldn't be it. No, it's just all cold and floppy. Oh, oh. gosh. And they're like wet to the touch. Because they're so cold, they almost feel wet to the touch. It really depends them. on what kind you're getting, though. I mean, you know, now you can get some good artisanal hot dogs. That's what we have at the Rhymer's household. Of course. It's oh. what you have at the Rhymer's household. Grass-fed Thousand Hills. Thousand Hills makes really good hot dogs, by the way. They're local. You know, they're in Cannon Falls. All beef? All beef and so good. And oh. the thing about them is... Is that it's the appropriate meat to bun ratio, which is often just Not, so bad yeah, because yeah. it's too much bun and it's too little hot dog. Yeah. And when the Thousand Hills ones are appropriately sized. And I don't want too much hot dog, too little bun, because I always want to be eating a hot dog with a bun. I want a bun in every bite of that hot dog. At the end, every single time I have, regardless, I have leftover a little bit of bun at mm. the end that's covered in mustard yeah. and I just get rid of it. You know, the... Uh, um. Target Field has good hot dogs. The, that Twin Stadium, they do a good job well, with their hey, hot dogs. Well, hey, they're heading to the playoffs, so people will have more of an opportunity. I know. Isn't this exciting? Dogs. We got to go. Okay. Uh, hey, when we come back, remember Barbenheimer? There was no. almost... Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. Elizabeth! <laughs> I had to look at the word to remember. My brain doesn't remember a mashup. When was that? May? Yeah, May, June, it's been a whenever, long whenever summer. Whenever it was. July. And that was the... Uh, July? <laughs> that was Barbie and, Oppenheimer, uh, Barbie and Oppenheimer coming out on the same day. It was Barbenheimer. People were getting tickets to both. We almost had another one happening two weeks from now, but somebody got gunshot. I'll tell you what that was. When we return, it's Donna and Steve on My Talk. Hi, hello, it's me, Steve Patterson from Radio. Hey, I want to tell you about Shanhassen Dinner Theaters. Um, I saw Jersey Boys, gosh, maybe a month, two months ago. It was such a great show. If you grew up a fan of Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons, my mom would always have oldies on in the car. So I grew up listening to that music from the 50s and 60s. Uh, you'll know every song. You'll be singing along. It's really great. And on top of that, it's a really well-acted and well-told story. Of course, the singing is phenomenal. It's there was uh, I've said it before. There was a time when I was like, oh, they're using a recording on this song? They shouldn't have. No, that's they just sound like Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons. In addition to that, uh, how about a guy that sounds like Prince? Chasing Ovation. They are doing a musical tribute uh, to the music of Prince. That is happening this weekend. Next week, they've got a tribute to the Bee Gees at Chanhassen Dinner Theaters. And every weekend, they have Stevie Ray's Comedy Cabaret with Improv Comedy Friday and Saturday nights. Tickets are only 28 bucks. Get all your tickets at ChanhassenDT.com. Big Nasty in the building. Whoa. Big Nasty. I'm trying to be edgy, Elizabeth. I they it, said but I was coming across to straight laced and boring. Keith Pruderson, as we call you. Yes. That's okay. absolutely true. That's what you want me to do. About you. Good morning. Good morning. It's pleasant to be I with know, you today. I... It's a rainy day. It feels like cozy. I like it. Feels good. 
I know Steve Bruderson, Pastor Patterson. I was at early morning Bible study this morning. What do you Were think about that? you? Uh-huh. Yep. Only every two weeks. That's my kind of commitment level. People who do weekly anything. Bible studies have taken it too far. Even Jesus would say that. <laughs> So we got to rest on the Sabbath. And I have, a, I have a personal relationship with him. I and I'm telling you, he would say it's too much. It just feels like a lot. So when they said every other week, I was like, okay, I can get involved in that. That's you gotta, nice. Gotta rest, guys. Yeah, you do have to rest. And That's the, a lot. The every other Friday feels good for like a morning commitment, um, whether it's Bible study, getting together, knitting with your friends or whatever. There's something about a Friday meeting for me in the morning that feels better. If it was on a Monday, yeah. I would talk myself out of it almost all the time. But on, by the time Friday comes around, I'm like, Dude, all you have to do is just finish today. You know my the, rule the about Monday. Here. I don't plan anything Nothing on a Monday. On Monday. I no. don't do anything. I mean, I and even if it's fun, I just won't plan it. Because if I go into Monday feeling, I don't even want to schedule a meeting. Like if I can, if someone gives me the option, hey, you can go do this thing on either what day next week. I just won't give them Monday as an option. That's I got to catch up. I got to get, I got to get my life under control. Yeah, I get that. You don't always have that option, but if you do, you should take it. Uh, now I'm going to talk to you about movies. Ooh. Elizabeth hasn't seen Barbie or Oppenheimer I know. yet. So I have seen the new Paw Patrol movie, though. She's on the outside looking in. I'm going to see Barbie when it's available at home. Me too. I saw Oppenheimer in theaters. With who? Did you and Lou go? Me and Lou went. We always look for the longest movie, so we have more time to make out. Oh, my gosh. I did that once. I did that. Uh, we, we were trying to see Saving Private Ryan Hal Tacky. As a teenager, I wanted to go see Saving Private Ryan with Amber Metal yeah. because we had just seen Cruel Intentions oh my gosh. a few days before. That's a sexy movie. Well, that's news to me because Amber Metal and I were smooching in the back. She was wearing this, wearing this Victoria's Secret freaking sour apple lip gloss. The fact that my head didn't explode, they find remnants of me dead in the theater. It was incredible. Oh, gosh. So a good I was young like, makeout wow. session. What a great thing. So I was like, we should see another movie. So I'm talking to her, no lie, on a basketball phone, you know, like up in my room. So now I'm talking to her. I'm a part of the basketball. And we're looking together in the Valley News Dispatch newspaper. And I was like, well, Saving Private Ryan is almost three hours. That's how long you're strategizing how long the movie is so you can make out for three hours. How tacky. We were unable to get rides to accommodate us. Yeah. And so it didn't end up working out. In the end. Anyway, that was a long movie. Okay. But back to Lou and I saw that. And you guys um, didn't make out through the whole thing. Not even a little. No. I don't even think we made physical contact. I, I always did. ask her, I, I always say, do you want to sit on my lap during this movie? He does not want to do that, but I bet you like... I'm sure you know, I had, there was little... hand on thigh. Yeah. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Uh, like yeah. a little love tap. That's so nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, there was almost going to be another Barbenheimer where people did the double feature and loved it. And it was almost going to happen just two weeks from now. And stop me if you've heard this before, but this bit of entertainment news has something to do with Taylor Swift. The producers of The Exorcist have decided against trying to make Exorcist a thing. Hmm. Exorcist Believer was supposed to hit theaters on Friday the 13th, apropos. Yeah, that's, a, that's good. Taylor Swift decided to release her Eras Tour concert film 
on that same day. Is that going to be in theaters? It is. And it's going to, they think, make somewhere between $75 and $125 million in its first weekend. I'll tell you this. My daughter can't go the first weekend. She's going the following Thursday. And they were already, like, hard to find seats. I think it's going to do closer to $150 million and absolutely take everybody by surprise. Unbelievable, the success of this woman. It's just really remarkable. So they were saying, maybe we do Exorswift, where people get tickets to see The Exorcist and to see the Taylor Swift Eras tour in theaters on the same day like people did with Barbie and Oppenheimer. However, the producers of The Exorcist, they caved. They switched their movie. It's now coming out a week prior, October 6th. Their producer, Jason Bloom, said, quote, Obviously, we moved off of that date and we bowed our head to Taylor Swift, (laughs) as well you should. I don't like it when it's manufactured. Like the Barbie and Oppenheimer thing just sort of happened. It was like an organic development of just excitement over two different movies. And because they seem so different, it was just a fun way to put them together. And I don't like it when it's manufactured. You know me and manufactured. I know. I wish you liked more of it, but you don't. No. But what about the name? Exor Swift. That's a pretty great name. That's kind of good. Right? Yeah. I don't want to see The Exorcist. Oh, I don't want to see the old one again. I don't want to see the new one. I don't want to see any of it. It's too stressful. I can't watch. I'm turning into my mother. I cannot watch anything stressful. Not just scary, stressful. Anything stressful. Yeah. Even I'm getting to the point with like too much violence, like Yellowstone. I had to be like, ah, I mean, and I'm not, I mean, even Jay was the same way. He's like, this is too stressful. I think when you are adulting and you have stressful things happening, which has happened in my life lately. I've been like, I don't really want to see this. Yeah, right. It's too stressful. We we stopped watching Breaking Bad after season two. We didn't make a declaration that we would never go back to it, but we stopped it because we were ending every night and we were watching Breaking Bad, this crystal methamphetamine drama, well-acted, well-told story, but then we were like, boy, this feels heavy. Every night we're going to bed with this heavy, stressful story in our minds. So then we took a pause, and that was probably... Seven years ago and haven't gone back. When that bathtub fell through the ceiling, I was out like trout. Yeah, that's a bad That situation. was it. I didn't watch anything after that. I think that was like the third episode or the second. I yeah, mean, that was very early. Yeah. And it would, I couldn't do it. It was, it really is how I've turned into my mom. My mom, if, whenever I'd be like, mom, this was so good. She's like, is it stressful? <laughs> is it stressful? I don't want to watch it if it's stressful. I like the stress. I've never heard the stressful if barrier stressful, before. Scary, no. yes. Stressful, though. No. Hashtag adult mama. Yeah. Hey, you got to curate what, what kind of stuff you want to mm-hmm, hang out with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, there you'll have an ex- an opportunity for Exor Swift the second weekend you uh, that The Exorcist is out. So if you want to do that, you can. Uh, when we come back, it is a monumental sad day for Netflix. <gasps> I'll explain why when we return. Wow. Donna Valentine, a proud member of Spire Credit Union, where they've got loans to borrow for any purpose. You should become a member. They're great. Spire finances new or used vehicles. They make the process easy. They get the loans done fast. They've got low rates to get you more car for your money. Remember, you don't have to finance through the dealer. In fact, I should mention that Spire also offers extended warranty plans with better coverage and at a lower cost than a lot of the dealers. And listen to this. Spire has an auto refinance guarantee. That means Spire guarantees to beat your non-Spire auto loan rate. Or they'll just pony up 50 bucks. All you got to do is ask a Spire rep for more information on that. 
Fire's been in the uh, people helping people business since the 1930s. They've got 22 branches in the metro and in Minnesota. The nearest uh, or the newest location is in Golden Valley, just off of 394. You can find out more today by going to myspire.com. Fire is insured by NCUA, an equal housing opportunity lender. Hi, welcome back. It's the Don and Steve Experience on My Talk 1071, where talk is fun. Elizabeth Reese is in for Donna Valentine today. Hi. Holly Roberts produces hour one of our show after being up all morning and producing the entire morning show. You guys, I, thank you for your When I show up, does do you take like a walk down memory lane? Like, Holly, do you immediately go back to yesteryear? When I would dial in for the dirt alerts. That's right. I mean, muscle memory. You were talking about muscle memory yeah. earlier on yep. in the show. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. It exists. See, Steve Patterson, do you immediately recall the best seven years of your <laughs> life that you spent? I just get every time I see you, I'm like, me? why did this woman force me on a local television? Very funny. You know what's fun when I come over here, though? Because I've been on this. So here's how I judge my time on My Talk 1071. My first gig on My Talk was as a um, fill a temporary fill-in host on the weekend show, The Waiting Room, because Colleen Lindstrom had her twins. Oh, and okay. so Colleen Lindstrom had her um, son, Ollie, and then she had twins, and then she was like, I got to step back a little bit. And so they called me up from the bench. I'd never done anything. They said, do you want to come in and do this show? And what I said... What was The Waiting Room show? Is that like a medical show? It's like a medical show? show. Yeah, okay. it's still on. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, we don't have The Waiting Room anymore. Oh, really? No, we don't. Oh, I thought it was on for a while. The Weekly no. Dish is still on. I, I, sure I will be appearing there next weekend. Okay. Um, but so I always, whenever I, you know, when, when people post things, like when Colleen posts things about her children, that's mm-hmm. how, how old I know my my talk career is. And then it's right. been through all of these different iterations. And when I come over here, which I don't make it over to the studios that much, even though I work in the same building, it's like I get to, I hug everyone. Like I hug Bradley. I hugged Alexis. Isn't that funny too, Steve, how I hug you every time I see you now? Mm-hmm. When we work together every day, I did not hug you every single day. You took me for granted. <laughs> you know, I know exactly what you're talking about because sometimes... It's funny though. Isn't that interesting? I'll go and I'll be leaving and then I'll like hover over Donna and be like, should we hug this out? <laughs> and then she's like... No, no, not if we're like in the building. Like that has to be like special event kind of a thing. So like for instance, at the end of Project Down and Dirty, we'll do three days. And then when that uh, tournament of pickleball ends on Friday night, October the 13th, we'll probably hug then because it's different than your normal work. I know. And it's interesting, you... like the social context. Of hugging. Of, <laughs> of hugging. It's wild. It is really interesting. The ideal number of hugs is eight hugs a day for um, really happy emotional growth and a good sense of mental well-being. If you yeah. can get eight hugs. I get more than that. Yeah, me too. Which is, which is unfortunate in that way. You're fortunate. Yeah. It's not unfortunate. I am. I am fortunate. <laughs> okay. Um, um, oh, I see. I'm an un. It got a little strange. I don't enunciate a ton on Fridays. It's true, though. It's fu- The hugging thing is funny. Or like if you're not going to see someone for a while, then you hug them. But if you see them every day, you do take it for granted. How about if uh, if your, your coworker is leaving for the weekend, you'll say, all right, see you, Denise. I'll see you on Monday. If Denise is going on a vacation, though, and she's out that next week, you might say, I think we should hold each other's bodies briefly. <laughs> what is going on there? A hug just in general is funny. You're right. Like, let's press our bodies against each other in a non-sexual way. Non-sexual. But in an affectionate way. But still, we are often front to front in a hug. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But sometimes there people will want to go side to side. And Some I people, usually yeah. find it's the woman um, who, if you're going in to give a hug, usually the woman will initiate, we'll make this a side 
situation, and then you just sort of have to turn into a now I'm. We're just putting our arms around each other. I don't find that. There's certain friends of Jay's that are side huggers. I th- I find this with men. I don't find oh, this with right? women at all. I think with certain men, and my brother-in-law is a side hugger, and I'm always trying to get him to be a full hugger to me. Like, come on, Tommy. Let's be, we've known each other what for this heck, long. Tommy? Like, then, let's have a real hug. Then men are back slappers. Oh, yeah. That yeah. helps to further... Well, and then men, when straight men (laughs) hug each other, that's it. They do the hand shake and then the hands pull each other in and then the slap of the backs around, which is sort of like a hug. But our hands are in between our chests so that I know that if you tried to kill me, I could flip you and get leverage, which is exactly what's happening there. Now, an interesting thing, too, when you look at just the norms of how genders often work in a hug situation, if I went to hug my one of my guy friends and I'll hug a bunch of my guy friends. Yeah. But if I went two arms up around the neck, leaving him the lower quadrant, <laughs> like, that is totally going to alter the dynamic of that hug because very traditionally it would be female wraps yeah. her arms around guy's neck and he goes around waist a la yes. slow dancing. Fellas out there, try it. Try it. Just give it a shot next time. That would take, I think, a lot of my friends off guard if I went upstairs. I think it would be really interesting. The dynamics of hugging. Hugging, it has to be consensual, particularly in a workplace. Yeah, some you want to really have a, a pre-standing friendship, I think, with the person that you're hugging. Some bosses you'll hug, some you won't. Like, I'm, I'm probably, I, I saw Amy Daniels yesterday. Big hug. Hugs immediately. I don't think I've ever hugged her. Oh, I hug her every time I see her. It's great. But then other people I wouldn't probably hug. Well, my religion teaches not to hug witches. Yeah. Maybe that's That's a joke, guys. See, that's actually the only the kind of joke that really Jason Matheson can get away with. I watch him do emails, and I've told him as much. She'll send out a note like, hey, everybody, Project Down and Dirty is happening. And then he, you know, essentially calls her the spawn of Satan and all this stuff. And I just sit back like, oh. I'm glad he's making these jokes, and I I would never have the courage or the or the cachet or the 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 relationship equity to do that. Yeah, he does. Remember he, when you got talked to about making too many smoking jokes on Twin Cities Live? I do. I was freaking banned from. <laughs> oh, why did Steve leave? Oh, I don't know. I was in chains, and they wouldn't let me fake smoke <laughs> on the show. Too many smoking jokes. Fake smoking jokes. I would fake talk smoking. about smoking and vaping and all this stuff, yeah. and sometimes put a pen in my hand. And it wasn't the first time an employer told me that. Also, and not surprisingly, Holly, he did it like ad nauseum. Like, I think if he would have sprinkled it in uh, as an occasional joke, it wouldn't have been an issue. But it was when it was five days a week. And it was just like, hey, can you lay off the smoking talk? Like, in the vaping talk? It's also interesting what things are okay now that weren't okay 10 years ago. Like, I think about that with the show all the time, the evolution of our show on Twin Cities Live. There's things that I could not do. Like, I remember when I had a mandate that I could only wear jeans once a week. I could only wear jeans once a week because jeans were just so wildly unprofessional. Yeah, right. Oh my gosh, I had a woman get so hostile on me on my Instagram and she told me that I need to stop wearing low-cut shirts that show my cleavage because I look tacky. Really? And I was like, if my... Barely cleavage is what? the worst thing you've seen on Instagram lately. I don't want, I don't know what your feed is like. How are you getting through life if I've like never been if told? I am the provocateur. If I am the out of control. It's wild. Wow. Better, better cover that ankle. You don't want to show too much. Isn't that funny?
That is really interesting. It's it's just it, there are things that were okay that are not okay now, and there were things that aren't right. o- weren't okay then that are okay now. It sometimes does make you wonder, like where will things be? And this is how the 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 argument against more of a, a, a liberal allowance of let's say work attire. Yeah, you wonder, well, where's it going to go? So in twenty years. What are you doing, Twin Cities Live in sweats? This is how people right? look at schools. We were just having this discussion in the Twin Cities Live office about, you know, like we have, I have coworkers who have a little bit of older kids than mine. And it's just crop top central over there. Yeah. It's crop tops and booty shorts. And like back in my day, <laughs> that was not allowed. I mean, you would be sent home from Valley Middle School yeah. 100%. Or right. like you had to put on something to cover up. And there was a very clear you know, dress code of what was okay and what wasn't. And now it's like anything goes. I feel like I'd be, I never went to a school with a dress code and who am I to speak on behalf of my children? But as a parent, I would be fine with it. And I I feel like I could convince my kids if they were at a school that had a dress code. Like uniforms or a dress code? Uniforms. Yeah. Uniforms. uniforms. Excuse me. Yeah. I feel like that would alleviate so much of the stress. And like, oh, but what's Judy? I'll tell you what Judy's going to be wearing. That freaking polo shirt, just like you, okay? Uniforms are the best. And then it just, I think it would take a lot of the stress out of that middle school, high school time. Sure, you don't feel fully like the self-expression isn't on a 10, but you don't have to worry about the stress that really does sort of plague some kids in middle school and high school about are you the prettiest person? Are you the hottest looking dude? You don't have to worry about that. I'm pro-uniform. I never thought that I would be that. And my kids don't have uniforms Did I just convince you in this moment? No, I I always have been. My son had uniforms last year and it was really nice. it, It is. It's the great equalizer and it just takes out all these conversations that you have. When you talk about like efficiency and things to deal with, if you're, if you've got... 30 kids and you've got two who are in crop tops and a booty short. Now you got to spend all this emotional energy discussing that, figuring out where that's coming from, talking to the parents, blah, blah, blah. Which teacher's talking to them? Does it make the teacher, is the teacher being creepy for talking about, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, there's a whole dynamic there. Yeah. If you just take that out, you can focus on, you know, more important things like climbing a rope, the sit and reach. (laughs) The President's Fitness Challenge. Oh, no, not that trauma. They don't do that anymore, <laughs> that do they? Trauma. I have no idea, but oof. Kids well, today have no idea what we went through in the name of the President of the United States. You think these presidents are causing problems now? Pfft, that one. I'll tell you what, the, the last two presidents didn't make you do chin-ups. No. But the previous many did. Also, children, we used to get weighed in at the ground round, all yeah. right? Before you sat down at a table, you'd freaking weigh in. That's how much we're going to charge you. So that way... If you were a little heavy, mom and dad could shoot you a glare and say, hey, pal, this guy's 338 now because of you. Can you even believe Step that? Step on a scale and we will charge you accordingly. That was ground round? And, I mean, yeah. What, or was it Fuddruckers? No, that was ground round. Okay. Ground round had a weigh-in station. I remember this, and I, I think I remember at the time feeling like that was not great. And I was the oldest. So, like, I was always heavier than my sisters, obviously, mm-hmm. and frankly, still am in an irritating fashion. <laughs> and, um, and so... It, it it's terrible. That was really bad. Yeah. And that's how much you would pay for your burger. My last bit of bitterness um, about dress code and how things have slid, is particularly at Twin Cities Live. <laughs> well, it's the last time I'm going to plug that show. <laughs> I leave there. I remember I used to say to our boss, hey, can I like do a day with a beard? It's always a no. No, we don't want you with a beard. We don't. I leave. There is a cavalcade of bearded people, long-haired people, all sorts of different looks, casual looks. What were they doing? All of it. Well, it was people who were coming in to guest co-host with you after I left. 
Well, yeah. And I looked and I was like, look at the freedom. This they are, they are ushering in a new era of freedom. We didn't hire somebody with a beard. Those we hired people, one of the baldest people I've ever seen in my freaking yeah, life. Yeah, those people got asked to leave. <laughs> ben was listening Can yesterday. Ben grow he a told beard? Me, I bet he could grow a sweet beard. Um, yeah, and uh, he uh, he was listening yesterday, and I told him we got to get him to call in on the show. Today. I was actually going to say it'd be great, but I don't think he's here. I was like, it'd be great if he could just come in and hang out. Well, with us we're for going a second, to Farmington know, today, so, so he's going to go straight there because we've got a sh- yeah. show in Farmington. But I'll I'll text him. Yeah, he'll, text him. He'll, he'll call, call whenever, and he'll love to chat. Um, with that. Now we must take a break, my friends. Find a loved one and hold them. Hug them. Press your body next to their body in a non-sexual way. Oh, wait. You're going on vacation next week, Denise? Let me hold you. All right. When we return, it'll be time for See Something, Say Something. Uh, I wanted to get to this yesterday, but I didn't. But I think it's interesting. Is there a couple that predicted Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey becoming a thing, but way back in 2020? Creepy. Tell you what the internet spotted. When we return, it's Donna and Steve on my talk. Hey, what's up, friends? It's Stevie Boy from my buddies over at the Canopy Group. Uh, the Canopy Group is out there to save you money. They're just waiting. Oh, I mean, the ball is in your court. What do you have to do? Is it going to be like long and tiresome? No. You go to thecanopygroup.com. You click get a quote. I'm on their website right now. Red button, get a quote. And then, boom, you started the process of saving perhaps hundreds and hundreds of dollars your homeowner's insurance, your automobile insurance. They do recreational vehicles too, snowmobiles, motorcycles, boats, agribusiness. They do business insurance as well. But here's what they do differently. They have 16 different companies, insurance companies, that they have worked with over the years. And they have this network and they turn to them when you come over and they say, hey, Judy wants new insurance. Who can help her? And then they find out what sort of insurance you need, what you've had, how can they get you better coverage, and how can they get it for you at a better price. The two things can happen and almost always happen when you make the switch. Check them out today at thecanopygroup.com. That's thecanopygroup.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. You are listening to the radio. How exciting. Or if you're listening in the future, you are listening on a podcast. How exciting. Or if you're listening online, hey, you're listening to a live stream. How exciting. Yeah, how about you're just listening to the show? The Donna and Steve Experience on My Talk 1071, and I'm Elizabeth Reese filling in for Donna. Wow. Wow. How do I do this heavy lifting for you, Steve? I Radio. show up. It's not even a guest. Right? I have to run it. And she is uh, broadcasting live here in the uh, Marjorie Punnett and Elizabeth Reese Memorial Studio. R.I.P. What a show. The Marjorie and Elizabeth show. You used to sit right here. I know. I did for two years with Marjorie. I loved it. I love Marjorie. I filled in one time. Yeah. For you, and I was on with Marjorie. Isn't she the best? She was great. Yeah, it was fun. Long Never time asked my me talkers. back. No, I don't know what happened. Long time my talkers will know and love Marjorie, and um, and you can listen to her. We mentioned it yesterday, but Marjorie and I have a podcast together. It's going on, I think, about 350 episodes now. Uh, it's called Best to the Nest, and it is on my talk 1071 on the app dot uh, com and then anywhere you get your podcasts, you can find it. But we have really great conversations. We call it the show within the show. It's the it's the conversations we used to have in the commercial breaks when we did the radio show together. Right. right. And so it's um it's good stuff. Now in show form. Yeah. yeah. Download that. You can uh, subscribe to that podcast. Best we want to have you back as today. a guest, actually. Marjorie keeps bringing that up because oh. we had you on um, one time. We talked about your career transition and then yeah. we thought we'd be it'd be fun to talk about uh, the other side. Reach out to my people. I've seen things and I will now say things. You ready? Mm hmm. Hey, if you see something, say something. Oh, that is catchy, huh? 
Time for If You See Something, Say Something with Donna and Steve. If you see something, say something. Come on and party tonight. All right, first I want to start with what we didn't get to before. Apologies. Um, A big day for Netflix, a sad day, you could argue. Today, Netflix will mail out their final discs. I can't believe they're still even doing that. This is the last day that it's going to happen. Do you remember the last uh, DVD that you had from Netflix? <sighs> Mine was uh, a few episodes of Californication. <laughs> David Duchovny. What a show. Never seen it. Oh, my gosh. You would never be able to handle it. Holly, <laughs> shaking your head. There is absolutely no. That's on the no-no list. Oh, my gosh. Steve, Steve Peterson would turn. You would, you would never be able to handle it. And then it was so fascinating to watch that show and have the understanding that David Duchovny essentially morphed into his character on the show in mm. real life. Mm. Much like What's-His-Name-From-Entourage did. And, oh, yeah. Um, uh, Jeremy Piven. Yeah. And that it was what happens to you. Huh. When that, I mean, he, he ended up going to like sex addiction rehab and oh. that's how he was on the show. But Jay and I were watching Californication and then that one, then they started the streaming and then that one DVD just stayed at my house for like, honestly, probably two years. And there were no late fees. You could hang on to it as long as you wanted and, to. And then you just didn't need it anymore. So then there it was. I can't remember my last Netflix disc. And again, today is the last day. There are fewer than a million people who still subscribe to the DVD by mail plan. They live off the grid. I love these people. Started in 1998. The very first DVD that went out was Beetlejuice. Oh, really? Uh, at its peak, their DVD service had 20 million subscribers, a library of more than 100,000 titles. The one that I remember getting was we binge-watched Lost, mm. and we caught up with Lost, and it would be, we were on the three DVDs at a time thing, yeah. you could choose your plan that way, and it was great. And I'm still surprised that Blockbuster didn't win the battle, and here's how. After Netflix started doing what they do in mailing the DVDs, and then eventually they introduced streaming down the line, Blockbuster came out with something fairly quickly and it was called blockbuster total access and what it was was the best of both worlds you already and you already had an established brand people were getting to know netflix you knew blockbuster the home for movies it was already in the rhythm of their life too i know and it was a fun experience to go pick out a movie and with total access you could still do that because when you were a subscriber of that plan similarly priced to netflix you could get dvds by mail but you could also return those if you had a neighborhood blockbuster. You could drop the DVDs off there and then get another hard copy disc that they had in store. So Immediately. It was, it was all of it. Yeah, because, you know, even if it took a day or two, yeah. if you're wanting to binge Californication or Lost or whatever, and it's Friday afternoon, but you're like, oh, we still have the discs, then you're probably not going to get it maybe Saturday, but more likely Monday. Yeah. So if you have a place where you could immediately go and swap it out, I just don't know how it didn't. Work. Blockbuster is a classic example of dismissing the disruptor. So the dis- disruptor Speak comes in queen. to the uh, industry and then Blockbuster, and that's an ego problem. It's a real ego problem. You can never dismiss the disruptor. It's and like the friendster of social media, man. Oh, that's you're right. right. You that's are right. right, Holly. I think, uh, I think Blockbuster had an opportunity to purchase Netflix. I believe it was $50 million. They didn't do it. They opted not to. Yeah. Um, wonder where that CEO is. Probably got a parachute. Yeah, I'm sure he's like doing a little. Okay. Go, what do they call that? A golden, golden parachute. parachute. And, and then there are the golden handcuffs. Whereas you start working in a place and they pay you so well that you're like, I'm not loving it, but I'm not leaving it. Because I've never, I'm, I'm never had well. that. <laughs> I, I want golden handcuffs. Can we have those? I want. I'll take golden anything. I hope I get a golden parachute when I leave here. 
I won't. I got a Toblerone bar. <laughs> a number of years back at Reels came in, saw my desk. I was like, oh, and what do we have here? Ooh, regular or giant novelty size? <gasps> giant novelty size. These oh! were big Toblerones that they dished out to everybody. Toblerone, underappreciated. Totally underappreciated. It's a fine chocolate. And so now they, they deliver these uh, really nice chocolates every holiday season here. Yeah. And I stole them from someone else's mailbox too because they were so good they were sitting around it was like January something and I was like mm, statute of limitations whatever double jeopardy I don't, I don't get know how those it works. anymore I mean, since I was unceremoniously relieved of my duties yeah stay on the t- you guys get the barbecue or whatever you know the during the picnic I'm the state fair yeah picnic. you get to eat first yeah the, the scar tissue over here now that I am just one of these I know knuckle dragging mouth breathers that is a radio person tell everybody Welcome. what the deal is though this is at the State Fair, and longtime listeners have heard Donna complain about it for years, and I just started talking about it this year. They do this big barbecue outside, but on the invitation. From here at the station, not at the State Fair. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, and it's ahead of the State Fair, and this usually happens two weeks before. It's this nice catered barbecue meal, and it's outdoors, but TV people have to eat separate from radio people so that you guys don't have to look at us, we presume. It says on the invitation, radio can eat from 11.30 until 12, but then get the hell out of their way. These are TV people coming through. That's true. It's very explicit. Yeah, that's true. But it is in in management's defense, which I will always defend management. I appreciate everything they do for me. uh, um, It's because then we have a meeting. We have like a big state of the state meeting. And then you don't, you would never want to go there because you're not talked about in the meeting. This used to happen even when it was flipped. The first story came when Donna had gotten out there after the show. People had come out of the meeting. Yeah. Because there was meeting then lunch before. I know, I remember. And she went in line and she said, they were like, no, get them back in the line. And so then the start, so I wrote our big, big uh, uh, Tom Ray camp, the guy who runs all of this place with how events happen and yeah. where things are built and built up. I said, what do I do? Uh, what if you're like a former TV guy and don't want to be perceived as just a radio person? When just would you like media? media? When, when do I eat? And he said, well, you're out of luck because the corporate people have also asked that you not eat with them. So I didn't get to eat. Holly, did you hear that? Steve views himself as just a radio person. How you're, do you guys deal with him over here? You're one of us now, honey. Wow. You're one of us. Wow. Interesting. Thanks anyway. It's um, nice to be here, you guys. Dang it. I have a story that I didn't get to. Let's do it next. It's your show. Do do whatever you want. Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey predicted years ago. I'll give you the internet evidence when we come back.